avec Hey! A lady feminine female girl skunk. In the spring, a young man's love lightly turns to thoughts of fancy. Keep your guard up, chérie. Hello, young lover, whoever you are. I am Pepe Le Pew. Everyone should have a hobby, don't you think? Man is making love. You are a girl, I am a boy. We have all that in common, darling. May I call you darling? You may call me streetcar because of my desire for... And welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom, and on the show tonight, which we're going to be talking about, is a few things. And first of all, we've got uh, some new stuff going on. I'd like to say hello to all the people watching on Facebook Live. We're here every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time. We are on RadioWarp.com on the internet, streaming live, audio broadcast, and Facebook Live as well, and then also on demand at all your favorite podcast spots, plus YouTube, SoundCloud, and IGTV. Our show Instagram is at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Also, I'd like to take a moment to, uh, as we start the show, to let you know about some new swag. We've got some, uh, like the shirt I'm wearing now, We've got uh, some new swag. If you go to our Instagram page, click the link in the bio. You can click on Swag Shop, and we've got some new merchandise there from hats to T-shirts to drinkware to all kinds of cool things. So I want to get that out of the way and let you know about some exciting new stuff. We've got the merchandise. We've got the Facebook Live that we're going with. We've got uh, On Demand. We'd like to thank all of our television networks and our affiliates for letting us uh, be a part of their families up and down the uh, coast of California from... Uh, Oceanside up to San Francisco. We really appreciate being a part of your family. Pasadena, Long Beach, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your family and on your airwaves. As we get into the show, Pepe Le Pew, there as we started out the, the show open with, is canceled. Another victim of the cancel culture. Why was he canceled? Well, apparently because he represents the rape culture. A skunk, an animated skunk, Pursuing a cat, who he thinks is a skunk, is now the face of rape culture. Not that we have things like Grand Theft Auto and other movies and other video games and other entities that are of violence and that are of a culture that could be deemed as not the best. But no, Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez, because Speedy Gonzalez represents the stereotypical lethargic, drunken Mexican. At least that's according to uh, the cancel culture, which I find interesting because if you really look up the definition of lethargic or lethargy, as you know, watching the show, listening to the show, I like to have definitions, and definitions kind of put us on the same page as we move on with the conversation. And so it's lazy, sluggish, and slow. That's the actual definition of lethargic so speedy is apparently lethargic 
and we have to cancel them. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but it's not the first time. It's not the first time that, let's say in this case, Speedy Gonzalez was trying to be canceled. In 1999, he was canceled. Warner Brothers and the entities that would air him, like Cartoon Network, took him off the air. But then the, the people of Mexico, the Mexicans that watched the cartoon Speedy Gonzalez, they were like, hey, we want him back. He's our, he's our cultural icon. Everybody loved him. And in fact, Space Jam 2 is coming out, and Space Jam 2 is rewriting things to get rid of Pepe Le Pew. And uh, Fluffy Iglesias, he's the comedian that plays or is going to be the voice of Speedy Gonzalez. He was saying, why are you canceling us? We love Speedy Gonzalez. And if you go through Twitter and you watch the Twitter feed of all the people talking about it, there are a lot of people with Mexican descent, Mexican heritage, that love Speedy Gonzalez. And so who is it? that you might ask, is going to sit up there on the throne, the throne of moral authority, and tell us we need to cancel these things. Well, apparently, we have a guy, New York Times writer by the name of Blow is his last name. And um, he's sitting up there and he's thinking about things to write and thinking about things to cancel. And so apparently, he's the one that came up with the idea that we need to uh, cancel Pepe Le Pew because he represents the rape culture. Now, Charles Blow is the guy that is the New York Times author that's writing about this. But here's the interesting thing about it. You know, we're talking about cancel culture, right? Things that are offensive, things that should be do away with because of their uh, hideous history. For example, we had to do away with Gone with the Wind, the movie from 1939, because apparently it had racist and it had uh, other types of imagery that wasn't very good for the black community, uh, even though it was kind of depicting the times. You know, some people say if you study, like I have a degree in English, and some people would say that it's a, an English historical contextual uh, movie. And so there's some history that we can learn from, some cultural context we can learn from. And so there's a lot of things that we can learn from from that movie, things good and things bad. But we had to cancel that. We had to cancel Mr. Potato Head because apparently the Mr. is a bad thing. We had to cancel a bunch of other things because they were just bad, like get rid of Uncle Ben and get rid of Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth. And you can name anything. And if you want to know more about some of that stuff, you can go back to the show last week and uh, and listen to it and watch it, and you can see for yourself. But But the interesting thing was is that when you have this guy, Charles Blow, and he's talking about canceling things, he was a guy that at one time back in 2012, on February 22nd, 2012, he tweeted something because Mitt Romney was running for president, and Mitt Romney is actually Mormon, in case you did not know that. And, he, and uh, Mitt Romney at the time was talking about two-parent, like a two-parent household, right? And that's the best way to raise a family and have a family was with two parents. That was his stance. And so uh, Charles Blow tweeted out or wrote out, let me just tell you, Mitt Muddlemouth, I'm a single parent and my kids are amazing. Stick that in your magic underwear. And so he drew a lot of flack over the fact that he was making fun of the religious undergarments that the Mormons wear. The Jews also have religious undergarments as well. And so he was making fun of the fact that, you know, Mitt Romney had religious underwear, religious undergarments, and that they were there for a reason. But he's making fun of it, calling it magic underwear. And so I find it interesting that somebody who got called out, and he had to apologize for it, which was a good thing, but why isn't somebody like this being canceled when he's the one that is being bigoted toward a religion, when he's the one that is uh, making fun of somebody else's religious beliefs and what their practices are, and yet he's the one that's going to sit there and write columns in the New York Times that the rest of us are going to follow 
and go along with. When you look at Pepe Le Pew, you look at the fact that not only is he an animated cartoon character, a part of the Looney Tunes, so there is an, um, not iconic, but there's something to that. You know, Looney Tunes, you think about Bugs Bunny, you think about Elmer Fudd, you think about Daffy Duck, and in fact, if you think about all of them, they could all be canceled for one reason or another if you really wanted to think about it. Elmer Fudd had guns. Hey, we can't have guns in our community. We can't have guns. We have to assault the Second Amendment, but take away your guns, so Elmer Fudd has to go. Uh, Elmer Fudd has speech impediment, so maybe he's making fun of people that have speech impediments, so uh, we can't have him. Bugs Bunny, he was racist. Um, and tra- But he was transgendered because remember in Wayne's World when Bugs Bunny would dress up as the lady bunny or the girl bunny and Wayne and Garth were talking about that. So I don't know if you can really cancel Bugs Bunny because there's some transgenderism with Bugs Bunny and that's okay now because if we cancel Bugs Bunny, maybe we're transphobic. But you're dealing with a, a skunk, which is the irony of it, a smelly animal. And then you're dealing with the French connection there because Pepe Le Pew had its origins in French. It's the, it's the French accent. It's the, uh, the French way of doing things uh, as far as the skunk was portrayed. And so you'd have to look at all of Looney Tunes and you could see a bunch of characters that could be eliminated just based on Looney Tunes. And so you've got a guy who is now Charles Blow, the New York Times writer, who is black, which is irrelevant, but the fact that he's black and he's trying to cancel a Mexican cultural icon or something of Mexican culture. So if we're canceling things, okay, so he's black and he wants to ride against uh, Gone with the Wind. Okay, I could see the connection. You know, he has black heritage. That's in his history. It's in his family. And so maybe slavery was there. But how is somebody who is, because we're taught that, like, I'm white, in case you haven't noticed. I can't speak out against or speak out for other people of color because I haven't experienced that. That's what I've been taught. Other people can't speak out for other people because they haven't experienced the same thing. If you're a man, you can't speak for a woman. If you're trans, you can't speak, or you can't speak for a trans person because you don't know. If you're a woman, you can't speak for a trans woman because there is difference, even though we're supposed to be the same. But so how is it that a black guy is going to speak out against and try to cancel something that entire Mexican culture and people from Mexico and that Mexican heritage really love? And so back in 1999, when uh, Warner Brothers and Cartoon Networks tried to cancel it, there was a big outrage by the people from Mexico and the Mexican heritage people. And so they brought it back in 2002. So now they're trying to cancel it again and everybody's coming out and they're saying, no, we like Speedy Gonzalez. And so will Speedy Gonzalez go? I don't know. Pepe Le Pew, on the other hand, being written out of Space Jam 2. And so, again, the cancel culture is uh, taking firm roots inside of our country again today. So this week, it's Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez. But, hey, what about some other things? I mentioned last week Coca-Cola. Remember when we did away with the Confederate statues because they were bad? And then we had to rename bases, military bases, named after Confederate soldiers. We got rid of the Confederate flag. In fact, some states even went and they changed their flag because it had the Confederacy symbols in it. So we took that away. But what about Coca-Cola? I mentioned last week Coca-Cola, the drink, was actually founded by John Pemberton, who was a colonel in the Confederate Army. He was a slave owner. And so if Coca-Cola has roots in slavery and roots in that Confederacy, Shouldn't Coca-Cola be canceled? And then you start going and looking through all the different things. Think of the financial institution, J.P. Morgan and Chase. There were things there in their history and their roots. We heard a clip last week that uh, was from a TikTok person 
And they were saying that, you know, people change. And so maybe the cancel culture needs to take a different look at things. And if something may have been offensive at one time, may have been deemed offensive, maybe because the culture was that way, maybe because things were a different way in America and they apologized for it and moved on. Maybe then we need to move on as well. I think about things like uh, Bill Cosby. I know that, that he's probably not the best example because he is a part of that rape culture. But remember Fat Albert? And Fat Albert was a cartoon that was based on his childhood. Remember Different Strokes. Different Strokes was uh, the, the two black guys, Gary Coleman, and uh, they were adopted by a white millionaire and brought in to the family. You can still watch it on TV at times. Has that not been canceled yet because you've got a white guy helping two young black kids? Can't young black kids get by on their own? See, that's what we start to get into. We start to get into this confusion in the cancel culture of what is good and what is bad. It, gets, it becomes to the point where it's hypocrisy. It's my way or it's your way. Your thoughts, your opinions, they're okay, but mine aren't. My opinions are, are bad. My choices are bad. You take a look at the my body, my choice, for example. When it comes to the abortion issue, my body, my choice. Women have a choice because it's their body. But when it comes to masks and vaccinations, it's not my body, my choice. You must wear a mask and you must get a vaccine. And in fact, you have to have a vaccine passport if you want to go to New York and go to a sporting event, a concert, things like that. Okay. So why does one work for one and not for the other? We got to trust science. Right, Trust science, except when it comes to biology, which we will get to in a little bit. Science dictates there's XY chromosomes, XX chromosomes, male, female. But no, there isn't. We can't trust science when it comes to that. What about believing all women? Remember when Kavanaugh was up for the Supreme Court nomination and we had to believe all women because the people that accused him of the uh, sexual assaults and crimes that he supposedly committed Alyssa Milano's there saying we have to believe all women. And then when it comes out against Governor Cuomo, now we haven't heard anything. When Tara Reid came out against Joe Biden, crickets. What about defund, uh, defunding the police? But then, again, Alyssa Milano calls the police because apparently she was being assaulted by a squirrel, which turned out to be, I guess, a neighbor dressed in black with a BB gun, which turned into, oh, no, the husband called. Well, you want to defund police, and yet you're calling them the hypocrisy that's there. So when we start getting into this cancel culture of canceling things, we start to get into the hypocrisy of things. And as we get into the hypocrisy of things, we start to find out that the whole thing starts to become ridiculous. Now, some of the things and accusations aren't, but the whole cancel culture thing is, if you're offended by something, turn it off. I was scrolling through TikTok, and someone had a video that said, good thing Pepe Le Pew was canceled because my son now has more time to go play Grand Theft Auto and burn up, I guess, uh, what prostitutes they just want to pay for and things like that. I've never played the game, but apparently there's a lot of violence in there, violence towards women. But are we still okay with that? I'm not sure. So when we get to the cancel culture, what is it that we're looking at? What is it that we're trying to do? I mean, I just read something before I came on, and they're looking at Dumbo and Peter Pan. You know, Disney has been closed for, Disneyland's been closed for a while. And so they're looking at Dumbo and Peter Pan because of the stereotypes. I guess there's Indians, wasn't there Indians they called them, Indians, Native Americans? And so now they're not, if you go to Disney Plus, which is, I guess, a TV thing, and you try to look under a kid's profile, you can't see some of these things. You have to have an adult profile. Um, because of the stereotypes. So what is it that we're trying to do with the cancel culture? I don't know. 
but it seems like every week there's something new. There's something new. In fact, this was something that we played last week that I thought was kind of entertaining and interesting. Um, it was a guy going through a grocery store talking about all the items that have been canceled, such as Uncle Ben's, uh, Aunt Jemima, Mrs. Butterworth, and the items that he picked up that he thought were still offensive while he was in the uh, grocery store. Take a listen. We got rid of Aunt Jemima. We got rid of Uncle Ben's. But I am wildly triggered by the brands and the photos that I see in this grocery store. Using a polar bear to sell your ice cream, Klondike. Did you know polar bears were extinct? No thank you. Canceled. Paw Patrol mac and cheese. Listen, defund the police, defund Paw Patrol. V8. You know what kind of emissions an engine like that puts out into the environment. I drive a Prius and that is canceled. Okay, I don't exactly know who this guy is, but I don't like his look at all. I don't like anything that this guy stands for. Canceled. White rice. Brown rice. Why they gotta be separated? Think about it. Canceled. Uncle Ben's absolutely offended by that. Listen, do I know any minorities myself? No, I don't, but I feel very confident speaking on their behalf on the internet. Hola, Tapatio. Una pregunta. You ever heard of cultural appropriation? Canceled. Oh, look at there. It's a woman leading a cow against its will to the slaughter. Selling popsicles shaped as bullets. Wow, absolutely canceled. Blue Ribbon, everyone's a winner. Thank you, that is the only brand of ice cream I will support. Rebel Ice Cream, wow, why don't you just change this to Soldier in the Confederate Army Ice Cream. Okay, I just looked up Red Baron. Red Baron is a fighter pilot in the German Air Force in World War One. seems extremely anti-Semitic. Orville Redenbacher, look at this guy. He definitely made some mistakes in his past. Do you want to cancel him? We can if we want. I'll look up some mistakes that he made in his past and we can cancel him. I need to appease my white guilt by virtue signaling on the internet. I like the fact that at the end there that he talks about uh, Orville Redenbacher. Do you want to look up some things? I'm sure there's something that he has done in his past that would cause him to be canceled. And isn't that the case with everything? Isn't that's what uh, what it is? If you look up anybody's past, if you look up anything, there's going to be something there that might be wrong. But yet we always go to the racist card. We always go to the white supremacist card. We always go to the Nazi card. We always go to the phobic, whatever phobic card. Because we disagree and we have different opinions and we have different views. I heard somewhere and I forget where it was, but you don't have the right to be not offended. If you're offended by something, turn it off. If you didn't like South Park, South Park offends everybody. Every single religion has been offended by South Park. Every single gender, I guess you could say. There's all kinds of things that South Park puts in there and yet they're still on. People that like it and aren't offended by it, watch it. People that are offended by it, don't watch it. But if you look at everything, you can go back to all the different people from current president to the people that are running the government to actors to possibly inventors, like I mentioned, Coke. And there's always something that's going to be there. There's always something that's going to be there that we could be like, hey, let's cancel these people because they did something. You know, the other interesting thing that took place this week was, did you watch it? The uh, interview, Oprah Winfrey with the, uh, are they royals anymore now? Harry and Megan, oh, do we do we call them do we call them royals now? Or are they like not royals? Have they been canceled? Did they cancel themselves? Because apparently they they left England and now they live here in America. Do we even care anymore about the uh, royal family? After the uh, interview, as I was, I didn't watch it straight up. I went and saw some of the clips afterwards. But what I was interested in, I didn't want to watch it because I really don't care. 
But what I was interested in, and the reason why I'm talking about it, because there was a couple points that I thought were really interesting that kind of fit today. And so I went and watched all the highlights, and there seemed to be a running theme, a running theme of about four things that everybody was talking about. And we'll get to them in a minute. But afterwards, then everybody had their opinions and everybody had their, you know, rebuttals. And I think Buckingham Palace sent out a statement recently and, you know, whatever. But the first thing was you got to take into consideration that everything they say and everything they did, Harry has no line to the crown. So he has nothing to lose as far as being king of England. Okay. The other thing was, is that there are now hints that Megan, because I guess she announced on the interview that she was having a, another baby, a girl this time. Can we call them girls? I don't know. Remember, uh, we're doing away with, uh, with gender, right? I think in California, there's a, a law now being debated where we take out girls and boys sections. So I don't, I don't know if she's a girl. Maybe she's just a, a non-binary biological entity maybe maybe that's what we're calling people nowadays i don't know but anyways she's having a another offspring and there was some stories a couple of them that i read where now megan may divorce harry after the second child there was another story where i guess it was earlier which relates to some of the conversation that took place with oprah where harry was furious over the treatment of his wife and then i that was the headline. So I, I looked it up some more. What, what, what kind of mistreatment could there be? Well, the mistreatment was that the longtime dresser of the queen dragged her feet over the tiara for the wedding day that Megan wanted to wear on her wedding day. So apparently we have tiara gate now. And then there were some issues, which we'll talk about in a minute, about the, the dresses of the flower girls and what they were wearing and how that brought someone to tears but we don't know who was it kate was it megan i don't know and then you realize that you know with the unfortunate circumstances of princess diana and her passing and that tragic car accident uh the boys were left a significant amount of money some say up to 10 million dollars so again now even though they were cut off from apparently the royal money they still had personal financing of 10 million dollars and then on top of that there's a Netflix deal, which some say could be $2 million a year. Some say $150 million deal, whatever. So, again, when you listen to this and you listen to what is going on, you start to hear about a conversation with a couple people that, first of all, have a lot going for them regardless of the status of the royalty. Uh, a little bit of ignorance because Megan, she mentioned in one part of the conversation that she did not know what the monarchy was about had no idea about the, the royal family and the royalty, supposedly, of, of England. She did not Google, she said, Harry or anything about him. So again, the things that you hear, if you're in a relationship, if you're going into marriage, I would imagine these are things that you would want to check out, right? The family. They say when you marry someone, you're marrying their family. So wouldn't you want to know about them, get to know about them, know more about them? But the one big thing was this fact about race how there was a discussion at some point about the skin of the child, which I guess is Archie they were talking about, was going to be too dark possibly for the royal family. So take a listen to this. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security, he's not going to be given a title, And also, 
concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. Well, what is particularly striking is what Megan shared with us earlier, is that no one wants to admit that there's anything about race or that race has played a role in the trolling and the vitriol. What was that conversation? That conversation (laughs) I'm never going to share. Um, But at the time, at the time it was awkward. I was a bit shocked. Um, can you can you tell us what the question was? No, I don't. I'm not comfortable with sharing that. So you have an accusation being made, and you take the accusation seriously. But then, when you aren't going to release any more information, why even talk about it? Because all you started doing is speculating. Everyone automatically thought it was the Queen. Well, Buckingham Palace released that it wasn't the Queen or apparently Prince Philip that was talking about it. So maybe it was somebody else. So you have these accusations flying out there. So they're looking to be victims. And share this thing. And racism is bad. We all know that. We all know we denounce racism. But aren't there times that we've learned? So again, remember, Megan doesn't know anything about the monarchy, doesn't know anything about the royal family by her own admission. You go, if you go back and I guess you can pay money now to go watch it on different streaming services, whatever. But if you go back and watch it, you listen to her say that she had no idea what she was getting into, basically. So maybe somebody does have to because she goes on and talks about the how the tabloids went after her dad and how she wanted to get information, how they wanted to get information about her from her dad. And then her sister was involved in the tabloids. The tabloids create the news. They make the news. They don't just report it. So she goes on and on and on and criticizes the tabloids and how they've been horrible for her and Harry and the family. Right. OK. So with that being said, if the. Tabloids are creating news, creating stories, creating drama. They held off on a story, apparently, about her dad until right before her wedding to create drama, she said. So if that's the case, maybe there's some credence to the fact that somebody needs to ask the tough questions because the media, the tabloids, might have a field day. And maybe you want to try to come up with something to get out in front of it. We follow American politics. If you follow American politics, you realize it's all about the narrative. It's all about getting in front of the story. It doesn't matter if the story is true or not. It's the narrative we put out there. You watch any type of movie, scandalous movie regarding the um, any type of political figure. There's always a scandal, and then it's the narrative. we got to get ahead of the story. So maybe there was a tough question or two that had to be asked. I don't know. But, yeah, we want to believe that she's a victim of racism. Maybe. I'm not discrediting that. I'm not denying it. I'm just bringing up the opposite point. And then Oprah was all aghast by it, which I found kind of kind of hilarious. But again, how are you dropping accusations without proof? We want to cancel Pepe Le Pew because he's a rape culture. Because he's kissing a cat and won't let the cat go away. Well, yeah, we condemn rape. We condemn the rape culture. But is Pepe Le Pew really, of all the things you want to cancel in the rape culture, that? Maybe we should start with... Uh, the people on the names of Epstein Island, Lolita Express. Maybe we should start there. Just saying. So Megan didn't know about these customs. She didn't know about the what her husband or love interest was at the time. I don't even think we can use husband anymore. I think Nancy Pelosi canceled all that, didn't she? Was she there in Congress saying we can't use he, she, husband, wife, and all that? It just gets too confusing. But it also sounds like there's a bit of entitlement there on the part of Megan. 
because they talk about a lot of different things. And it seems like Megan didn't really get what she wanted to when it comes to some of the things that she was hoping for, maybe in the royal family. Okay. Here's a, another cut. Take a listen to this and see what you think. If you want to be a part of the show, you can. If you have comments about it, if you saw it, you want to talk about it, 626-676-8972 is the number. 626-676-8972 is the number. Let me know what you thought about the interview if you actually uh, watched it. I remember so often people within the firm would say, well, you can't do this because it'll look like that. You can't, so even, can I go and have lunch with my friends? No, 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 you're oversaturated, you're everywhere. And I said, I've left the house twice in four months. I'm everywhere, but I am nowhere. And from that standpoint, I continued to say to people, I know there's an obsession with how things look, but has anyone talked about how it feels? Because right now, I could not feel lonelier. Okay, feelings do matter, but again... Are you dealing with the responsibility of being a part of the monarchy, the royal family? It can't be all about feelings. Do you think Queen Elizabeth, all these years, only concerned herself with feelings? Or was she doing the duty of being queen? Princess Diaries taught us that. You see the movie? We had to give up some things, or the character did, to become royalty to take over for the queen, right? So maybe there's a little bit there about responsibility versus personal feelings. And maybe sometimes when you have the responsibility of being a part of the royal family, which is different from all of us common people, maybe feelings get set aside a little bit more. But she's not from that. She's an American. She's not used to the royal family and all the tradition that goes on and the, and the properness of it all that goes on. Maybe she didn't feel like she was as important as Kate. Can Kate be queen? I don't know. I didn't really research it, but maybe. Maybe she becomes queen. I don't know. And so you have the, and that's, and that's a lot of us. A lot of us, we sit there and we want to try to shirk our responsibility because we don't like it, and we replace it with our feelings. Instead, we got to put our feelings away and take on a responsibility. And that's what happens to a lot of people, is our feelings get hurt. In the cancel culture, our feelings get hurt. And therefore, we must do away with the things that hurt our feelings. Well, what about your responsibility? What about your responsibility to be somebody that has to go and do all the other stuff? Because I'm sure if we looked in your life, my life, anybody's life, there's going to be things in there that we didn't do, shirking responsibility, things like that. But yet we want to blame somebody else. And that's what happens. We get in the blame game. And the blame game takes over. And it's everybody else's fault. It's everybody else's fault that I'm offended. It's everybody else's fault that... I'm in this way. It's everybody else's fault that, you know, I can't go to lunch with my friends. It's not my fault or it's not my responsibility to kind of, because again, the tabloids are out there creating all kinds of news, making the news, not reporting what's going on, but making it. And so maybe you have to kind of be restrictive in the things that you do as a part of the royal family. Or maybe you have to be restrictive in some of the things you do based on your responsibility. If you're a teacher, I don't think you're going to go out and post I hope you wouldn't go out and post, you know, drunken pictures and video on social media every Friday night. Cause I think all the parents of your kids would sit there and be like, wait a minute, what's my teacher of my kid doing drunk every weekend? Should be home grading papers or something, right? Planning lessons. I don't know. And so you start to 
shirk your responsibility and you start to become feelings oriented. And now that creates a whole different thing. So yeah, you could be offended that you were mistreated. You could be offended that you were snubbed. You could be offended by all these things. But what is it that you're really being offended by? What is it that you're really, really being um, snubbed by? Because you don't have it your way? Because not everybody is catering to you? Because not everybody is kowtowing to you, which is the American way, right? The narcissism in us all? Us first, me first, and if I don't get my way, I'm going to be offended? And so we start dealing with this. And then this ridiculous thing, which I still don't understand, but who made who cry? Did Kate make Megan cry over flower girl dresses? Did Megan make Kate cry? Apparently, for some reason, on all the recaps, this particular quote was a big one. You say the narrative with Kate, it didn't happen. Mm. So specifically, did you make Kate cry? No. So where did that come from? Was there a situation where she might have cried or she could have cried? No, the reverse happened. You knew all along and people around you knew that that wasn't true. Everyone in the institution knew it wasn't true. So why didn't somebody just say that? It's a good question. It's a good question. We don't know why. But why is it important who made who cry? I don't understand that. I still don't get that. You have Tiara Gate over the wedding. You have someone making somebody cry. You would think that in the end. So in the end, we're getting this story of a woe is me type of thing, okay? And if you think about the things that we've talked about the last few weeks, about raising the standard, about that inner greatness in us, remember this? You have greatness within you. You have the ability to do more than you can ever begin to imagine. See, I believe that anybody through observation and practice can perform at the level of excellence. But when you're pursuing your greatness, this is worth writing down, you don't know what your limits are and you act like you don't have any. So I say to you, you have something special. You have greatness within you. You have greatness within you. And that's the thing. Imagine what they could have done in their position there if they've just found that greatness in them. Now, obviously, I'm not there. I'm not in their situation. I'm not in their shoes. But there's greatness in them if they make it about somebody else, raising the standard. Because after the queen goes, she's 94 years old. I don't think the royal family is going to be the same. I don't think the power of the monarchy is going to be the same. Because I think there's just too much scandal involved after that. And so could you imagine people in that position being able to raise the standard, raise the bar, inspire others to do greatness, to go above and beyond instead of ending up breaking away because of your feelings? And I get it. It's legit. But you're breaking away and then you go on Oprah. So you have millionaires talking with a billionaire in a posh estate about how woe is us. And we live in a society where the economy has been in crap in the crapper for about a year now. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their savings. People have been out of work. People have been sick. People have lost loved ones because of the virus. We got people that are trying to get the, the vaccine, but can't get it because of the rollout issues. We've got all kinds of real world things going on. We've got here in Los Angeles, for example, we've got a lot of homeless people. We've got a lot of people that are out on the streets with mental health issues. We got a lot of things going on in this world. 
And the last thing we need to be doing is getting wrapped up into the woe is me attitude of millionaires talking to billionaires at some posh estate in Santa Barbara, wherever they were. I just find that kind of disgraceful, distasteful, really, because they could take their influence. They could take their 10 million inheritance. They could take their two to 150 million Netflix stuff. They could take their platform of Netflix and instead of worrying about all this social justice stuff and woe is me stuff and talking about it, putting action, putting it into action. You know, we've had people, politicians here in Los Angeles. I've been here the better part of a hundred years, practically, it seems like, because you age quicker in LA than you do probably in other parts. Maybe New York is the same, but you sit there and you watch this homeless population continue to grow, continue to grow. And you have all these people, all these people sitting there and saying, yeah, we're homeless advocates. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to feed the poor. We don't do anything. And it gets worse. You can drive down any freeway or drive under any freeway overpass and there's all kinds of homeless people there. And why is that? Is it because of them? Well, maybe some of them. It's self-induced. And that's the thing we have to remember. A lot of times, some of the things that we do is self-induced. We have to take responsibility for the actions that we do. So it's a self-induced thing. And for others, it's not. For others, rent goes up. Rent goes up. Rent goes up. But the pay doesn't go up. Our pay doesn't go up to match the rent. And pretty soon, even though we're able-bodied, even though we have one, maybe two jobs, we can't afford the rent anymore because those jobs don't pay. That matches the rent and inflation and things like that. And so we have to realize that sometimes it's self-induced, but other times we can sit there and we can make a difference if we take the focus off of us and start looking at the world around us. And that's what they could have done with their influence. They might have seemed irrelevant, but they were part of the royal family. You know, there's another clip I was going to play, but I want to move on, um, where Harry talks about being trapped. He's being trapped. Well, if that's the case, then why don't you do something to invest your time and energies into something? Because what's being trapped? You were able to get away. And when were you able to get away? Whenever you wanted to, apparently. It didn't seem like they were stuck there forever because they got out. It's not like other places where they're stuck there forever and that's just it. They were able to get out. They were able to do their own thing. They were able to move back to America. And now Meghan Markle can be a Netflix star. The other big trending thing this week was this thing called Super Straight. Have you heard of it? So apparently Super Straight is a new form of sexuality. And let me see here if I got the uh, right clip. So here is Super Straight. Yo, guys, I made a new sexuality now, actually. It's called Super Straight, okay? Since straight people or straight men is myself, I get called transphobic because I wouldn't date a trans woman. You know, they're like, would you date a trans woman? I'm like, no, why? That's a female. Uh, no, like, that's not a real woman to me. Like, I want real woman. No, you're just transphobic. So now I'm super straight. I only date the opposite gender, women that are born women. So you can't say I'm transphobic now because that's just my sexuality, you know? So apparently this has irated the LGBT community. The fact that some guy came out and said he was super straight. So apparently you have this whole transphobic thing now going. And so if you don't have an attraction to somebody who is trans, which means they change from one gender to the next, then you're phobic of them. You're racist, you're a Nazi, the whole thing, we know. Okay. So I was trying to figure this out because it's hard for me to figure out. I can't keep up. It's, it's just crazy. Okay, so first off, you had the relationships between a man and a woman. 
Then you have the gay community, which is same-sex attraction. But again, we, we, we're doing away with genders, right? We have to be gender-neutral, non-binary, biological entities. So again, I'm probably offending somebody by even mentioning the fact that we are dealing with um, genders. So you have male-female. You have male-male, female-female. And then you have trans, which is you were a man, now you're a woman, or you're a woman, now you're a man. And then there's a bunch of other stuff. And again, if you don't support any of this, if you're not attracted to them, if you don't want to fall in love and marry them, then you're phobic, transphobic, you're racist, Nazi, the whole thing. And it gets back to, again, the fact that why is it that we have to accept your views, but you can't accept my views because I'm not attracted to somebody that's trans, I'm transphobic. Well, if you're not attracted to somebody who is not gay, are you straightphobic, heterophobic? I don't know. And so the other thing, too, is why, why are people always looking for ways to legitimize what they're doing? I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but oftentimes when you're looking for a partner in crime, when you're looking to legitimize what you're doing, maybe there is something there saying that, wait a minute, there is something wrong. So maybe you calling people transphobic, maybe that is wrong because you're trying to justify why you're calling people transphobic. You're trying to justify why we're canceling Pepe Le Pew. So maybe your view is off a little bit because you're trying to justify it. Because I think on a whole, people would know society as a whole, although now I think about it, I, I kind of regret saying that, but I think our society in a whole would know right and wrong. But like I said, I think we're getting away from that. So if you're attracted to somebody, you're attracted to somebody, right? But if you're not attracted to somebody, then you're phobic. And so here was a response to somebody, which I thought was hilarious as to what the guy said, being super, uh, super straight, right? The reason that we're so pissed off about this trend is because it's definitely to make fun of us. It's not to be a legitimate thing. The reason that they're saying super straight and making it like a flag and all that stuff is to make us upset. Now onto the legitimacy of that attraction thing. What is the thing that identifies a trans woman over a regular woman? Name something. Okay, so you want to know the difference between a trans woman and a naturally born woman? which again, I, I'm probably offending somebody by calling them women because we can't do, you know, we can't have genders anymore. But um, reproduction, I looked it up. I did extensive research and a trans woman, a woman who identifies and maybe had some uh, enhancements, surgical enhancements to become a woman, don't have a uterus. You can't naturally give birth. It's not there. I looked every single medical journal I could find I haven't found it. So if you know of somebody, let me know. So there's one difference right there. So there are differences. But then again, why are you so offended by it? If you are somebody that wants to be trans, that's your choice. You can do it. If you're somebody that isn't attracted to them, that's fine. Okay, what about people that aren't attracted to people of a certain height? What about people that aren't attracted to people of a certain skin color? What about people that are? Oh, my gosh, the scandal. How often is it that black people and white people intermarrying? That's horrible. Have you ever talked to some people in that community and then their kid is a combination of black and white like Meghan Markle and some of the comments that we've heard? You can't do that. A black guy can't marry a white woman. I don't know if a white guy can marry a black woman. I don't, maybe. Maybe that's okay because of our history. I don't know. But so there again, if you're trans and I don't like you, I'm transphobic, 
But if a black guy marries a white woman, that's horrible by, by a lot of people's standards. It's not racism. It's just bad. You can't do that. Or people look down upon it. People get uncomfortable about it. And I find that odd. It's people liking people. So there's a preference. So if a white woman has a preference towards somebody of color, isn't that okay? If somebody is a blonde, because gentlemen prefer blondes, wait, we have to get rid of that movie now because that is hair phobic. We can't have gentlemen preferring blondes because that discriminates against everybody else. What about bald people? What if I don't have hair? What if people like uh, don't like bald people? You're discriminating against the follically challenged. Am I out? What about personalities? What if, what if, what if somebody's like, you like somebody that's fun, or you like somebody that's stoic, or you like somebody that is witty or whatever, but you don't like somebody who is loudmouth, you know, big personality. You like somebody quiet and shy. So now what, are you personality phobic? So why does it come down just to biology? What's this obsession with biology and gender? You know, we've got this bill passing in California. We can't have a boys and girls section in the department stores. Hey, where's the girls' clothing? Well, now there's just clothing. You can't have a gender at birth. You have multiple genders as far as uh, people that identify as something. So again, we're back to the original thing. What are we calling everybody? I don't know. Gender neutral, non-binary, biological entities. Maybe that's it. There's somebody that I came across, uh, Blair White. I think from what I've been able to gather, she is transgendered. She is male to female. Good looking gal. You would never know. And uh, it was kind of interesting because she has a clip here that I want to play. And then I'll explain some of the things that she's talking about because it is kind of hilarious. So here's somebody that is a trans woman. Uh, offended you if you are offended by me saying woman. But trans woman was a guy, is now female, looks and acts and sounds like female. And you would never know the difference if you, uh, if you saw her. But this was her comment about things. And then I'll explain why I played it. So I think what makes this troll so effective is that it has really lured people into reacting to it as if it's real, and now it kind of is. And the fact that people are upset over this new sexuality being created is a little hypocritical coming from the folks who created abrosexual, demisexual, gerontosexual, gynosexual, intrasexual, callosexual, multisexual, pomosexual, sapiosexual, and literally hundreds more. I am not exaggerating. There are hundreds. And like, even though super straight is a joke, the irony is that is a lot more valid than a lot of those I just listed. Actually, all of them. <laughs> Y'all are releasing new sexuality is more than I even release videos. Like it's your full-time job. <laughs> but you freak out when someone else does it, make it make sense. It's obviously completely valid to exclude trans people from your dating pool if you're not attracted to them. And anyone who says otherwise is honestly kind of rapey. The fact that people equate it to hatred automatically kind of makes me hate them. So she hates people that hates people that hates people who doesn't like people or something like that. No, but I like what she says because it's true. It's like if you don't, if you have a preference, that's your preference. Like who you want to like. So she mentions some things, okay? Abrosexual. I've never heard things. In fact, I found a list of 46. I tried to write down what she said and, and 
clarify what they are. Um, she said hundreds, but there's 46, according to one website, that was legitimate, like legitimately recognized. But like she said, people are just sitting there making stuff up. Okay, so abrosexual is a sexuality in flux. That was the definition. I guess you could be whatever you want. Okay, uh, domosexual or domi- domisexual, you're turned on by music. Uh, gynosexual, you're attracted to women for obvious reasons. Gyrosexual, you're turned on by green things. So I guess the Hulk, Shrek, the Jolly Green Giant, they're your turn-ons. They're your bows. Bay. Bay is green. I wonder if you're turned on to gangrene. Huh. Don't know. Uh, intersexual, I guess, is a traditional male-to-female relationship. Uh, multisexual, you're attracted to two or more sexes or genders. Again, the confusion comes in there because, again, there's two or more genders, two or more sexes. Not really sure what that is. So maybe you're attracted to a female and a trans woman. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But then a woman is a woman. So if you're a trans woman, you are a woman. And if you're a woman, you're a woman. So again, I, I don't see where the, where the two are coming from. There's more. I, I don't know. So again, we go back to we're just all gender neutral, non-binary biological entities. Uh, sapiosexual, turned on by intelligence. People that are turned on by intelligence, just saying, three master's degrees, pretty smart, just, just saying, for all you sapiosexual people out there, look this way. Uh, then you've got uh, demisexual, you are only attracted to somebody after you're, you've been emotionally, uh, you've emotionally bonded with them. So those are just some of the things that she mentioned that I was able to kind of write down and find. And then the final one, which I came across, which was kind of remotely entertaining, was uh, panosexual. You reject sexual labors, or, I mean, uh, sexual labels. So you don't have, uh, so you're not nothing. So as you get into it, you start to realize that there's all these crazy things out there. But what does it come down to? It comes down to the fact that there's people out there that will get offended over everything. There's people that just want you to completely sit there and accept their ideology and what they want. And if you don't, then they're going to label you something. You've got an attraction towards something. But if it's opposite of what they want, then it's problematic for you. You're transphobic. You're heterophobic. You're blonde-phobic. I don't know. Follically-phobic because gentlemen prefer blondes. Blondes do have more fun, I hear. Got to do it with that, though. Got to cancel those movies. Those are pretty bad. And so what do we do? Where do we go from here? What, what's, what's the thing? And I think it comes down to this. If you don't like something, if it's not illegal, if it's not harming somebody else, it's, I don't want to say irrelevant, but is Pepe Le Pew really relevant to anything except being cut out of Space Jam 2 because... People were offended by a perceived something. Because somebody said, that's the other thing. Why is that that people are now all of a sudden offended by Dr. Seuss? So the guy that's making these accusations against Dr. Seuss and against Pepe Le Pew, he's somebody that was bigoted towards uh, the Mormon religious undergarments. He apologized for it, but are we going to follow what he says? Is he really the authority on what we should cancel? 
because he was bigoted himself. Are we going to follow a bigot? Just asking. Don't know if I have a question for that. Who is your influencers? We've talked about that on the podcast before. Who's influencing you and the decisions that you make? Maybe you need to check those. Maybe we need to worry about taking the eyes off of us and putting it on somebody else. Maybe we need to sit there and maybe we need to think about having what was called the lion mentality. If the lion is the king of the jungle, how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's a cheetah. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does a lion become the king of the jungle? His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. And it's all mentality. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas. But I'm king of my jungle because of my mentality. King of my jungle because of my mentality. Is your mentality going to be one where you're the king? Where you're going to sit there and decipher between what's legit, legitly wrong, and what is just a waste of time? What doesn't even count anymore? Are we going to spend our time worrying about these little things? Or are we going to go after the bigger projects, go after the bigger picture, go after the bigger things that matter? Are we going to raise the standard in us so that we can be an inspiration for other people? Instead of being the victim and playing the victim, are we going to go after and see what we can do to help other people? Sure, we all have our things. We have our issues, and those are legit. What happened to Harry and Meghan? Probably legit, and that's fine. But again, when you take it into the context of you've got millionaires interviewing by billionaires in a posh estate in Santa Barbara or wherever, is that really something that we're going to sit there and go, woe is you? When I've lost my job, when I've had someone in the family die because of COVID or because of other reasons, when I've been out of work for a year, when I've had this, this, and this, well, am I going to rise above that and be like, you know what, these things happen, but how can I turn it? How can I turn a negative into a positive? How can I turn what is bad into something good? How can I change the narrative into something that's positive for myself? Because that's what people will tell you. People will tell you if you go into a self-help or if you go in, uh, not self-help, but like a support group or if you talk to people that are self-help type people, they always tell you you got to change your attitude, change your mentality. Take what was bad and put it to something positive. Take what you went through. Go through the process. We talked about the grieving process, the healing process. You go through that. And then what? You go after it. You go after it not because of who you are, but because of who you want to be because of what you want to be, because of the influence you want to have on others, because of what you want to do. And that's what we got to do. We got to take our mindset off of these little things, these things that are considered social issues that maybe are important, but maybe they're not the most important thing. Because on social media, that's all we talk about. You get on social media and they did this uh, super straight thing and they canceled. TikTok took off all the videos talking about super straight, but they left all the ones on that were bitching about it. So are you going to sit there and you're going to bitch about the fact that there's a super straight thing? Or are you going to get out there and live your life? Are you going to sit there and be offended because somebody says they're super straight and isn't attracted to trans people? But then you're going to sit there and criticize people who don't believe you or don't believe what your ideology says. And so by comparison, you're going to be a hypocrite. You need to accept me for who I am, but I'm not going to accept you for who you are. 
Is that your inner greatness? Is that your lion mentality? Or is that plain victim? Are you the pack of hyenas that gets devoured by the lion that comes into your world? Or are you the lion that rises above it? The lion that rises above it and attacks the pack of hyenas. What is it? What are you going to be? That's up to you. That's the question that you have to answer. But I know for me is I'd rather rise above it. I'd rather go after the things that are going to make me raise the standard. That's going to bring out my inner greatness. I'm going to take my passion. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to let myself be great. There might be a fight in there. I might have to get into the weeds a little bit and sling arrows to fight for what it is that I believe in, for fight to fight to believe in what I want to, to get accomplished and things like that and my beliefs. There might be a fight coming, but it's going to be something that's going to promote something that's going to be beneficial. And I'm not going to be victimized. I'm not going to cry and whine and be a victim over things. I'm going to rise up above that, and I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to try to do whatever I can to not only elevate myself, but elevate the people around me and help them try to elevate themselves and elevate the people around them and so on and so on. And pretty soon as a society, we've elevated ourselves and hopefully we're raising the standard. We're being an inspiration. The greatness is coming out. We can move forward and create great things. Two Steps Ed podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom. You can find me on Instagram. There are two places. There's the uh, show Instagram, which is uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Then there's my personal podcast, which is uh, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. And that's on Instagram. And then if you go to the link in the bio, there's a link tree link in either Instagram. Click on it. And it brings up some options. There's the swag shop. We've got new swag. We've got some shirts, hats. We've got drinkware. We've got some cool things. We've got dog bandanas. Hey, how cool is that? So a lot of cool things there. So uh, check that out. YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, you follow us there. You click and subscribe. Then you never miss an episode. And then there's also uh, Instagram television on Two Steps Ed Podcast that uh, has it. And then if you just Google search Two Steps Ed Podcast, TWO, we pop up. And then um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform, you can just search and the podcast is there. I'd like to thank you for being with us. I'd like to thank you for being a part of the show. We'd like to thank you for uh, your support. We really appreciate it. We are here on RadioWarp.com live every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, do tell a friend. You can also hear replays of the show Mondays and Wednesdays on RadioWarp.com, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. And then you can also uh, take the app and download the app. Just go to your app store, search Radio Warp app, and the Radio Warp app pops up. You can download it, and you can take us on the go. And Radio Warp has all kinds of cool music and other podcasts and things that go on uh, during the week as well as the Two Steps Ahead podcast. So we are, again, Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to take your passion make it happen let yourself be great and be kind we'll see you next time